Hi everyone. Hey there. This is Holly. And Daniel. And you're listening to Halfway Saints. Just so you know, I just found out there's a loop playback button on the software we use. And Holly refused to record a beat and have it play throughout the background the whole time. You're welcome. <laughs> because we... Yeah, we're not gonna... Holly's actually a really good beatboxer. Secret talent. No, she's not. No freaking way am I a good beatboxer. <laughs> Do we say this is Halfway Saints? Yeah. Okay. Don't worry. Um, yeah, Holly is not musically inclined maybe the worst rhythm keeper of all time it's she struggles to like clap along to songs she does you really really can't refute me especially if sometimes it changes in the middle (laughs) (laughs) or if there's more sounds that happen or if the lyrics are at like a strange cadence yeah pretty much if anything happens i can't (laughs) (laughs) if anything happens you can't do it so I'm all sorry. the time. Maybe when I get a new co-host, we'll we'll have we'll drop some fat beats in the beginning. No, I don't think anybody would like that. Um, I think you're wrong. No, I've noticed in radio commercials, the ones that I absolutely despise are the ones that have a beat going on in the background. Well, you're just not the target they're audience. They're the worst. <laughs> I hate them. McDonald's is not reaching you with their urban marketing. They're not, and it's cars, cars, cars. Car dealerships. Oh. They do it too. And I'm like, I don't. Not going to buy a car from you. You always. Holly also gets really bothered by commercials. Yes. I'm She's very, very critical. I'm She's very like, critical. with some people are with like cinema, Holly is with, <laughs> with commercials. <laughs> it's an art form. Oh. Well, my mom was in marketing, so whenever gr- She didn't do growing. Com- no. No, she, did, she didn't do commercials, but we talked about commercials. Did you really? Yes. When watching TV together, we would always, we would talk a lot about commercials. I don't think that's because she was in marketing. Yes, it is because she would talk about campaigns that they were doing that she had just read in her marketing magazines. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, so it's not even my fault. Okay, just... yeah. You found a way to deflect the blame once again. Oh, boy. Nothing's ever your fault. Oh, my gosh. I'm just joking. <laughs> Everything's always my fault, so I have to compensate yeah thank you for defending me by the way oh (laughs) i didn't even think about it no you took your chance and um anywho we're back we're back we are we always say that as if we went away but we didn't been gone for a week unless someone didn't listen to the last episode until yesterday or sunday right not everyone listens to them at 7 a.m on monday whenever we they should if they're not they're really not trying but um, this weekend, we had Daniel's mom in town, mm-hmm. which was super fun. It was. It was nice for her to get to see Jack, because all, all of our family lives down in North Carolina. And so my mom, Holly's mom, um, will sometimes be up here for work, so she sees us a little more often. But my mom doesn't get up here too often. Um, so it was nice for her to spend time with Jack and hang out with us. Yeah. And we, I kind of felt bad, because we just had like a normal weekend. Yeah. Just with her tagging like, along. lived life. Yeah. But Went she, to Kohl's. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Went to the grocery store, but she really enjoyed it and getting yeah. to see Jack, so. And, like, I remember a couple months ago, my friend sent me a thing about, like, long-distance best friends in that instead of having weekends together, when you do get to visit, like, you shouldn't plan every moment out and, like, make sure they see all the sights and stuff. 
because what they love about spending time with you is just spending like real time and like just doing what you normally do. Like everyday life with you is what they mm-hmm. want. Um, and that's what we gave her. Yeah. Yeah. That's how like Europeans when they vacation, they just kind of go to a place and stay there. They don't do like day trips and pack their schedule full of stuff. Because then you need a vacation from your vacation. Yeah. They also don't work during the summer. Or when they they don't take feel like siestas. <laughs> only, in, <laughs> only in Spain. <laughs> Is that a Spanish thing or a Mexican thing? I don't know. You're just generalizing. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Even if you were just talking about Spain, that's not all of Europe. I corrected myself. I said, well, that's just Spain. But it may But not it be. might be wrong. <laughs> I'm not very informed. <laughs> you are. You are often ill-informed. There is some something in Europe where people take like from three to four out. Is it for tea? Maybe? <laughs> oh I think tea, tea is at three. Yeah. But I don't think they, I don't think all countries and I think that's a British thing. Okay. Well, there's some, there's something in Europe that is triggered in my memory that they like take time out and like just have a little afternoon break. Okay. And if it were me, I'd take a little siesta. <laughs> I'd go take a nap. I need a nap. I okay. seriously do need a nap. Right. I was thinking. No, Holly is wide awake and ready to go. Don't lie to them. <laughs> well, I feel like we always are tired. We need to I give know. them a high energy podcast. Holly's going to go get a Red Bull. Chug it. <laughs> Have you ever had a Red Bull? Yes. I like monsters. I like I, monsters. I like the way they taste. Yeah. It tastes, it's like, I was going to describe it, but it's really hard to describe. <laughs> it tastes like a monster. It does. Um, no, I like monsters. Mm. Remember when we went to Warp Tour? Yeah, we hung out at the monster tent and... <laughs> Got free and, monsters. Yeah. We the were mon- like... Monster energy drink, by the way. Yeah. We're not, not devouring at. small monsters. Oh my gosh. I don't think anybody's thinking that. But um, we were like they 16. Might. How old were we? We went to the Warped Tour. Was it during high school or when we were in college? I think it was in high school or else it was, it was like in the fall. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were a couple teenagers just mm-hmm. kicking back some energy drinks and listening to <laughs> punk rock. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Um, so a couple weeks ago on November 4th, um, Rene Girard, who was a anthropologist, philosopher, a thinker. A thinker. Um, he died. He was he was in his nineties, so he lived a long life. But um, I think I've mentioned him on the podcast before. He um, wrote a book called "Violence in the Sacred" um, that I've really enjoyed and is really interesting. And one of his um, big theories. What? He's a Catholic thinker. He is Catholic, yes. Just and, had to put that in there. French. And French. Uh, French. But do you know he worked at Bryn Mawr College for a little bit? Shut up, really? Yeah, in the in the fifties. So. Oh. Still, it's cool. It is cool. I bet Betty Draper would know about her about him. Maybe. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe that fictional, fictional character, character was there when he was teaching there. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. That's <laughs> just what I think about Bryn Mawr College in the fifties, because she said once that she went to Bryn Mawr College. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, go on. One of his big theories was um, on mimetic desire, which um, the premise is that 
everyone's desires, like what they want and what they want to possess, all of those desires come from basically copying someone else's desire. Um, like we don't want something on our own. We want something because someone else wants it. Yeah. Um, and so like just in thinking about him recently and about his death and I think I had mentioned to you that he died and you're like, oh yeah, what did he do? And we started talking about desire. Um, it kind of triggered a thought that had been rolling around in the old hamster ball <laughs> up there <laughs> uh, from the, the gospel readings a few weeks ago with Bartimaeus, blind yeah. Bartimaeus. What? Blind Bartimaeus. Mm-hmm. It's like a... I thought you said the line Bartimaeus. Um, line. <laughs> I did a few of my lines. <laughs> looking at you blank because I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Um, no, but Bartimaeus, he calls out to Jesus and uh, the disciples tell him to shut up, quit yelling. Um, and then Jesus hears them and he tells the disciples go get him and they bring him to Jesus and Jesus asks him, um, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want? me to do for you yes, but like <laughs> that quote yeah that was a big thing that stood out to me whenever i read right it. and me as well because i feel like this is like a very basic uh like homiletics 101 like oh when jesus asks a question you should ask say, it to yourself yeah what if jesus were asking you that yeah but it's i don't good. know why that seems basic to me but it's it's certainly true yeah it's that, a good practice to to see right. where it goes and to see how certain um, people in the Gospels answer that question and what's the context of it. Um, but yeah, so upon hearing that in the Gospel reading, I kind of stopped and asked myself, like, well, what, if I were in that situation, what would I tell Jesus? How would I answer him if he asked me, what do you want me to do for you? And I don't, like, I didn't have an answer. Like, I don't know what I would say. I, I don't know, do like a shoulder shrug, you know, which it's is like, kind of unsettling. Yeah. Well, cause it's like, well, I could, is this like a genie kind of question <laughs> where it's like, I didn't think it was like that. No, I'm just kidding. But like the way that you, your mind works, it's like, okay, but no, I'm talking to Jesus here. So it's like, what, what does what do my I, soul desire? Right, what do I most, really want? You know? Yeah. And what is everything getting down to? Like, if I were to ask a genie for something, it'd be for all these, like, silly things. But if I'm asking Jesus for something, I can get those silly things don't matter to me anymore. I can yeah. get what it's, like, what I really need. Mm -hmm. It's much different if I came up to you and said, um, what do you want me to do? It could mm -hmm. be, like, today, do you want me to mow the lawn or do the dishes? But when Jesus is asking you that, it's kind of... It's eternal. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't have an answer for that, and that was kind of, like, unsettling. And so I've been kind of turning that over in my mind mm -hmm. recently. And both, we kind of, like, started the week saying, okay, so maybe we should pray about this this week, about if we were to ask Jesus, what do we desire, what would that be? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we both have been kind of working on that. Yeah, and in thinking of uh, Gerard and, like, where are my desires coming from? And, like, what troubled me is, like, I don't, I don't know what I want right now. Cause it's yeah. kind of, um, I don't know. I've got, like, in my life right now, like, this time last year I was trying to, like, finish up my thesis and, like, wanted to get that done with. And then I 
a little later on was like wanting a new job but now like i have a new job i don't have a thesis to worry about the soccer season is ending soon so i'll have free time and there's really i don't know there's nothing on the books or like on the horizons that i'm like oh i should i'm gonna start doing this or work towards this you don't have like uh hurdles to get to what am i saying milestones milestones right Hurdles is a little no. Weighty. That's track. That's running. That's a whole different thing. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to start running her track. So, um, can I share what I yeah came to? Okay. <laughs> sure. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm going to talk the whole time. <laughs> no. But um, a lot like during, I pray most often and most fervently for. God to make me into a better servant. And I feel like I'm just constantly asking, make me a better servant of you. Let the this Eucharist I just consumed transform me into a better servant of you. Like I'm saying that over and over and over again. And so that is my desire. And so then I was thinking about like, well, why do I, I mean like, why do I keep asking it as just as fervently as I asked before? Um, and it's because I keep asking him to do it for me. Hmm. Like, you you just transform me and I'll just, like, be this great servant of mm-hmm. you. And uh, then that'll be it. And I don't have to, like, put forth anything from myself. I kind of, like, want to keep going with how I'm going. Yeah. But for him to just, like, kind of, like, fix me magically right. and, like, and you're still like in your head like i'm still praying about it i'm still right. trying to figure this out but it's really just like hey jesus fix this for me i don't want to think about it yeah and it's like frustrating to come to that realization because like what that means is that i'm gonna have to change a lot about like you know myself and like to be a servant of christ like that does mean not watching netflix while i work and listening to a podcast or praying or sitting in silence and letting him talk, speak to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's things like that where like, I wish that he could just make me a better servant by watching episodes of 30 rock. <laughs> that would you, Wouldn't that be great? But you, that's, yeah, you would be instantly canonized. If that <laughs> <was a> criteria. <laughs> but that doesn't make any sense and that's never going to happen. And um, I guess Jesus this week has kind of revealed to me like, Hey, like, you're putting this all on me, but you need to take some responsibility for your own soul. Like, mm-hmm. these are, you know who I am, and if you want to be my servant, then you have to be my servant. Mm-hmm. And so I need to, to take action to do that. Like, right. I can't just, and I need to open, like, the reality of it is I need to open myself and avail myself to him mm-hmm. to use me. Right. And I'm just not doing that. I'm keeping myself closed off. While continuing my desire to ask mm-hmm. him to make me into a better servant, which is like this, uh, what is it? I don't know. Prodigy. It's two, prodigal. It's two fingers touching. It's Gordon. two uh, prototypes. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Parallelogram. Uh, no, um, oh. p- p- when they're k- paradox. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's paradoxical? Yeah, it's paradoxical, and it's it, that... It's a paradox that doesn't make sense. That won't work. <laughs> so um, I need to just fix that and, and to open myself and to avail myself to him to work through me. Mm-hmm. And it's all, it's to 
align my desire to his, like mm. to really work myself into being closer with him and to being more like him and seeking the same things as him and not just continuing in the what I've been doing. Yeah, and I think kind of what I've come to in sort of recent weeks is that I don't know what I want from or what what I want from God or what God wants from me is because I've not really been trying to find it out. Like I've really not been making the effort to spend time in prayer and in silence to really hear what God is asking of me. Hmm. Cause I've noticed I've kind of gotten to, um, not a plateau, but like my spiritual growth, I'm kind of at a stage where it's like, I'm not struggling with certain sins. I'm sort of, it's easier for me to avoid sin but I don't know really I don't know where to go after that you know mm-hmm. like all right I've stopped doing all these things that are harmful that like are identical you know like I don't want to say like ser- I don't know not that I'm not sitting anymore like it's, yeah because I'm about to be like well, well no but like <laughs> I've gotten to the point where it's like I don't want to do anything that separates from me from God mm-hmm. whether or not I'm able to do that is a different question but I'm like I don't want to do that anymore if right. I if it happens, if I gossip about someone, if I'm cold or short with someone, like I'm upset, like I, that was a mistake. That's not me. I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But like after you get to where you're pretty good at that, what's the next step? Right. Um, and so that's kind of, I feel like I've been in that sort of place recently and I kind of want God to be like, here's the next step. Here's how you move forward. So it's kind of, my desire is for Jesus to tell me what the answer is. But I realize that, like, I need to listen in case he is offering that. Right. So it's hard. It is. To lay off. It's hard. <laughs> hey, I didn't do anything. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, like, sin is always there. So, like. I meant, to, and in, I, I'm thinking of, like, specifically um, something that St. Ignatius of Loyola speaks about. I think it's called, like, three or four stages of humility. Okay. And you, he, the way he describes it is like you desire not to commit mortal sin. Like, right. I don't want to do that. And then you don't want to, the next stage is like, I don't want to commit venial sins. Like, I don't even want to accidentally commit a sin. And then, so that's like my sort of frame of mind right. for that. I'm not saying I've, I've conquered sin on my own, but it's just like, I'm to that point where I don't, I don't, kind of want to do that you're not still hanging on to these right. certain things yeah. yeah you're not like continuously fighting against them mm-hmm. and that um yeah so then is it like uh getting your figuring out what jesus wants you to do with you like because mm-hmm. c- it's not only now you've like it's like that metaphor i used to hear a lot in like ministry before i was catholic that like you have to fill up your cup first so then it can overflow. Mm-hmm. And so now you're maybe you could focus on like the overflow and like how to share what you have. Yeah. Because like that is what Christ is, is to, to love fervently. And so it's not only just to like have the desire to love, but how to do that really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the answer. <laughs> that's the answer. Um, but it's kind of a flip side too. um, that verse keeps popping in my mind and I can never remember it. And you remember it like where your treasure lies, your heart lies also or vice versa where your heart lies, your treasure will lie also. 
know where your treasure lies, your heart will lie also. Right. So if I were to ask, um, like, some of my close friends or even someone who knows me a little bit, if someone were to ask them, what does Daniel want? How would Daniel answer that question when Jesus asked him? Like, what would those people say? Yeah. Like, how, how am I, my actions and what I do and interactions with others show what I really want? Like, would they say, oh, he really wants to be close to Jesus and serve him mm-hmm. or not? Because that's the, it's like hard to answer the question because that's what's, like, your desire might be one thing, but the way that you're living it out could be another. And so right. the answer to that question could be completely not well, what you're It's kind of like for. what you were saying is like, oh, I want to change. But what you're saying is like, Jesus, I want you to do all the work for me to change. Right. So it's like, not that we should validate ourselves by other people, but sometimes having sort of an outside perspective. It's very helpful. It's very helpful. Very. So like, if you, I don't know, say you were like training to be like an Olympic weightlifter and in your mind, you're training, training, training. You ask your friend, like, what does Daniel want to be? And you're like, oh, I think he wants to, um, he's trying to, like, be really good at this one video game. Because that's all I see him doing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a good way to kind of get an outside perspective. Or at least a more real perspective, Yeah, to say, too. so if I ask, like, one of my good friends, what does Daniel want? And their, what would their response be? Mm-hmm. So where where did you land? Oh, I don't know. Oh, you don't know? Oh, well, I thought I think, about it. Oh, did you? Well, then you go. Oh, well, I thought you were going to go first because I thought you did your homework. I, oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I think, because I have like, I just have a problem of all, cons- always thinking about what other people think about me and like what my actions do and blah, like how they represent. I just get a little preoccupied and it's something I am continuously working on. I'm not to Daniel the stage that they was talking about. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's okay. I get what you were saying. Okay. Um, but I think that if I were to ask, from my perspective, what other people's perspective of me, which is probably Should still flawed. Should we chart flawed. this out? No. Oh. I think it's probably still flawed, though. But um, I would think that maybe others' perception of me and my deepest or greatest desire is uh, to share in like to talk because I always try to I I'm just like an open book to everyone and I I try to like make that very clear to them and I always try to open up conversation about anything about me you can ask me about it and um I want that to be the, the perception that people get of me mm-hmm. but I do that because I would love to share what I have with God but I also, again, I just am realizing that I'm putting the work on someone else. I'm not doing a dang thing. <laughs> Can I suggest, what? Do you want to try something really dangerous? No. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you think I desire? Oh, is this dangerous? <laughs> <laughs> I can do you first if you want. Okay, do me first. Okay. Okay, I'm All ready right. for it. I love you. I know. No, but if this is this is recording. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I I would say if Jesus asked you what do you want me for do to do for you, your answer would be. Uh, no, I just realized that I answered the question wrong. 
That's okay. just a second ago. Okay, well, it's, I'm, I'm answering it for you now, so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would say, help me to not get as frustrated as often. <laughs> this is what, <laughs> <laughs> what you want me to hey, do. Hey, I'm answering the question. <laughs> okay, go ahead. And to be able to... Um... <laughs> Hey, you gotta let me answer. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> not get as frustrated as often, and to be to be more of the like loving, kind, caring person that you really are, and to not let um, sort of emotional reactions get in the way of that sometimes. Yeah. And I, I would also say you are looking for a way to really share your faith, especially. Um, with non-Catholics and, and, and people you, you meet. Okay, so you close it out. <laughs> it's called a, it's called a compliment sandwich. <laughs> no, but you know, we, I laugh really hard at that because it is what Daniel keeps telling me that I need to work on. <laughs> but, um, it also shows the vocation of marriage and what it's supposed to be. You know, like that mm-hmm. you see that as the thing that's keeping me from Jesus that like Mm -hmm. my uh knack for getting frustrated um (laughs) (laughs) you got it down to a science a knack what is that tendency of getting frustrated um that you see that and you know that that's something that's keeping me from Christ and so you're pushing me to be better at it and you want that to and you want that to be my greatest desire because that would be close making me closer to Jesus, but yeah. So my turn. Okay. So, well, you, uh, this is really hard, Daniel, and Just, you're putting me on the spot. No, I, I put us both on the spot. I know, but you think faster than I do. I'm sorry. I had notes for everything else. <laughs> um, what would, would your greatest desire be? Yeah. What would you think my answer to Jesus would be? What's just your first instinct? Um, to know more. You just always are looking to know more in all things that you do. So, like, to know him more and to know him more deeply. And I think that uh, for you, I maybe I, I can... Um, do what you did to me and one thing that you should be more desirous <laughs> for would maybe be more of uh like heart of the matter stuff like because you're very and you have a tendency to go more intellectual and to get more into like the heart of it but i think that the marriage vocation has been doing that to you i don't know that's a, what I got. Well, I'm a, what do you mean confused? heart? Get it more into the heart of the like matter. Like so. more of the, like less brain and more heart. Oh, yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. That is a really good answer. <laughs> yes. You know, it's funny. As you were saying that, my mind was like, Heart of the Matter by Graham Greene. Oh, my <laughs> like, gosh. <laughs> like, Proving my point. But yeah, I think getting out of my head more. Yes. Is, see? So yeah. you got the right answer. Oh, man. Whew. A plus. I was like, jeez. But as you were saying that, um, you said something like, what is keeping me from Jesus? And I think that's a really good way to think about what the question we've been talking about. What do we want from Jesus? Because as Christians, we want to be closer to the Lord. 
so what is our great desire? Like Bartimaeus, he mm-hmm. wants to see. Like he has this uh, veil between him and the Lord, and he wants that to be gone. But I, yeah, and I love with Bartimaeus in that story that it's not only like a physical blindness, mm-hmm. but this like spiritual blindness as right. well, that Jesus can answer both those mm-hmm. issues too. And I think getting, like for me, like getting rid of distractions, like... I really want to be able to focus on Jesus, like, and live, you know, live my life with him in every aspect and not kind of compartmentalize things and, you know, get those sort of heart of the matter things or those, I don't know, day-to-day gut reaction kind of things, Mm -hmm. bring Jesus into that part of my life and not just sort of the intellectual. Mm -hmm. Because I could be like, um, with like a coworker or someone is like, frustrating I can like intellectually know like oh I should treat them better because I should be Christ to them like I want to get to where it's I just treat them right as Christ treats them you know yeah for it's just like naturally exude from you mm-hmm. same here you know I think that's everyone's desire <laughs> it's because it's really hard because we have mm-hmm. like, we have sin and we are fallen and broken and we have frustrating tendencies that we I keep getting frustrated, even though I keep not wanting to get frustrated. Yeah. You know? And I think, so it's something we always come back to is prayer and, like, being close to Jesus. Right. And um, I think, in my mind, I've kind of thought, like, well, if I can get a prayer routine. Yeah. Again, like, over-intellectualizing it. Like, I think, was it last weekend? I was like, I'm going to pray the liturgy hours every day. Uh, the first day I tried it, I did it. I was able to do two hours of the day, and then I have not done any since <laughs> I know. I know I did the first two days. Both days I did the Office of Readings and the morning prayer. Maybe the daytime prayer. No, I missed, I, every morning I missed the morning prayer. <laughs> and then I think I did the daytime prayer. Mm. And then maybe an afternoon prayer on one of the days. But um, And then I was like, no, that's too hard. I'll just do the Office of Readings every day. Nope, not once. But I think the problem with that, at least for me, is like, in my mind, I'm thinking I sort of need to do this, and this will do. Whereas it's the the desires, I want to be closer to Jesus. How can I mm-hmm. spend time in prayer throughout the day? And the liturgy of the hours, lay people certainly can pray and do pray it, but it's sort of meant for priests and religious to pray throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like catered to that style of life, whereas when you have a family, you may not always have time at you know, in the morning, in Yeah, midday. it was really hard to do office of readings first thing in the morning. Consistently, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's hard to do it at, like, your desk job. It's hard to do that, mm-hmm. you know, but... Um, and there are plenty of plenty of other ways that we can have, like, a more regular prayer life. Pl- mm-hmm. Like, freestyle in it. Right, and that's one thing I've tried to, to do is, um, like, at Mass today, Jack was kind of, like running around and um like my our, my mom was there with our mom. <laughs> <laughs> was there with us and it just wasn't like a normal experience so like I didn't have like my I usually don't have a ton of time to pray because I'm chasing Jack around but like after communion Jack it was really sweet he started calling for his mom oh in the back God. so I had to bring you him up guys. to the pew and he went with his mom um who was Holly <laughs> <laughs> um but, so, like, I really, after communion, just had, like, 
just a little bit of time. And I was like, I'm just going to pray like a prayer of Thanksgiving. And it was just like, thank you, Jesus, for all you've done for me. And like, again, taking it out of my head and putting it in right. my heart. Mm-hmm. This is great about marriage. You can figure out what I need and tell me it. Yeah. Whereas like I can, it would have taken me a lot longer to figure that out. Really? I think so. Well, you think. I think, yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> did it again. I did it again. <laughs> um, but this is also brought me to think a little bit about discernment because mm-hmm. I I think I've gotten to think of discernment as sort of like choosing between things and like like discerning your vocation discern like like discernment is just when God gives you options choosing in between them right but it's really um, just figuring out what God wants for you and like I think the actual root of the word comes from distinguishing or like setting apart to discern so you just figure out it's less of choosing the right option and more finding the right thing right so like discerning what god wants from me right now i kind of want options like oh should i start writing articles on all my thoughts or should i try to like start this ministry or should i reach out to this person or should i do something with like a men's group whereas like it needs to just be sort of pursuing Christ, mm-hmm. which can be one of those avenues. But again, my mind is very much like which avenue, right? And it can't blend because what my understanding of discernment, like my more mature understanding of mature of discernment, maturement. <laughs> it's like discernment but more mature. <laughs> um. <laughs> Is that you like pursue Christ and he will put a desire within your heart toward what he wants you to do. Mm-hmm. So like as you're pursuing Christ and you're walking with him through what's going on in your, your current life and like what's going on with you, then all of a sudden you're like, I can't stop thinking about writing articles for some publication or starting my own blog or mm-hmm. something like that's preoccupying so much of my thoughts or whatever I think that's from Christ and then if if you like pursue it and you have like total peace about it then it's go for it yeah but if you do it and you're like I don't think that this is really what it is then um don't pursue it (laughs) and that's like I could tell you're pulling a little bit from the yeah the Catholic stuff you should know podcast on um, was it them I thought it was three dogs north oh no you I might be confusing them yeah one of the podcasts talked about discerning like a vocation no, um it was the catholic, catholic side. Side, you know? <laughs> um but in my like experience in talking to like priests and people who have discerned a uh, vocation to the priesthood it's always been like the common thread is that like it's something that doesn't leave you right like it just stays with you like it wasn't like just one day they had a call it's like something that was been in the back of their mind and it's stayed with them throughout their lives and that's mm-hmm. how they know it's sort of a permanent vocation right so yeah, sticking close, staying close to the Lord and seeing yeah. where he leads you. I mean, that's the answer to, like, everything, mm-hmm. pretty much. I have, I have one more question. <laughs> <laughs> that was the sound of me... Daniel boop, poked my nose Holly on with the his nose, number one. On nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, like, family discernment. So, like, discernment between individuals and through relationships. Right. Like, how does that look? Because I think, because I, I, our, you know, it's, it's 
good for us to both be thinking like what do we need to do as individuals but there's also what's our step as a married couple as a family like what what is next for us obviously the new baby is coming in february Mm -hmm. but like where are we serving the lord as a family and where are we going there what are we going toward or you know where's jesus leading us there yeah i think it it looks similar to what we were just saying Mm -hmm. because god works works in each of us individually and as a couple it's not like he only works at in one or the other so like he could be putting a desire let's say like however far down the road after this new baby's coming all of a sudden like he puts a desire on my heart for for like another baby and it's like a really really strong desire and you're not there yet or mm-hmm. something then we have to work together to say like well am i do i just have baby fever because my friend had a really cute baby or is it really from god and then if it's it's like infect, it's sort of like if it's infected you, that's, <laughs> the, that's the only word I can think of. But no, it's sort of like individual discernment with uh, a pipeline between the two. Right. And then like most of the time, if it's what the Lord really wants you to do, then he'll put the desire within both of your hearts mm-hmm. because he wants both of you to be doing this. Or he could maybe not and it could help you to discern together to like work through that right. about what he really does want. And we kind of did that with me taking a new job. Like mm-hmm. it was something like kind of back in my mind, like I would like to try something new or go to a yeah. new place. And you, um, like you having the bit, like it's just kind of, mm-hmm. we kind of work through that together. And with, uh, this new baby, mm-hmm. you wanted a new baby a lot sooner than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. And, it took me a little bit, but then the, the desire came for me as mm-hmm. well. And it was, the desire was there, but I was, like, nervous about other things. Well, just, like, yeah. I think that's more of what it is, is you, you worry about what. You know, you I was pulling a Daniel. I was too much in my head. You were too much in your head. No, I think that my, I still think my worries were justified. <laughs> Why? Because we didn't know that everything was going to be fine. Well, you don't, you don't ever know if everything's going to be fine. No, but you can take, you can... I knew it was going to be fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Holly's talking about, like... Um, My, like, hormones. Your hormones. And, because with like, Jack, it would, I had to be on supplements the whole time, and... And we were, for, should we start trying for a new baby now, or should, like, we talk to her doctor and have her start the supplements now mm-hmm. so that... Um, we would diminish the chance of a miscarriage, that kind of thing. So it was... I was looking out for the safety of our baby. I'm not... You don't I'm have to... <laughs> no, but it ended up being Perfect. great. Yeah, Perfect. and the baby's fine, and you don't have to take and, anything. And everything's great, guys. I can't believe it. I just want to harp on that for a second. <laughs> that for the whole pregnancy with Jack... Wasn't it the whole pregnancy I had to take? Up until, like, the last... Yeah, I had to take supplements to help my body support the pregnancy... And with this baby, no issues. Nothing. Everything has been great. Yeah. <laughs> it has been great. And yeah. Holly's very nonchalant when she goes to the doctor. Yeah. I'll be like, she's like, oh, I forgot I have a doctor's appointment. I got to go. I'm like, All <laughs> right. And then afterward, like, 
by the end of the day, I was like, oh, you went to the doctor. How was everything? Like, oh, it was all fine. Baby's fine. Because the doctors are so nonchalant about it. Like, oh, yeah, heartbeat, blood pressure, done, die. (laughs) Okay, sure. Um, Anyway. Sorry, a little uh, blurb. It's okay. A little blurb. But no, good. I'm glad we were able to talk through that. Now I, now I know what I'm doing. I'll have to listen to it because I forgot what my answer was. Oh, I'm I'll just, tell you I'm again. just kidding. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. But yeah, and thank you all of you for being uh, cheap marriage counselors <laughs> and spiritual directors. That is one thing. I should pursue finding a spiritual director. You've had that on your heart for a long for time. For a long time, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, so think about... Desire. Desire and following Jesus and what he's putting. What's on your heart? What's putting, what he's putting on your heart. And kind of, I think we should always be asking that question. What do we want of Jesus? You know, and what is keeping us from him? And what does he want from me? Mm-hmm. Bigger question, I think, is what does he want from me? Right. Because it can get a little selfish if you're like, what do I want from Jesus all the time? Yeah. But I'm just thinking that's what sparked me or yes. sparked the thought of going through this process where mm-hmm. I get to eventually what does Jesus want from me? So, yeah. and that's why Jesus asked the question. What do so you that mean? that priest who's running behind and can't think of a homily, oh. two thousand years later, <laughs> could be like, ah, thank you, Jesus. Um, just kidding. Just... I'm sure if your priest does that and asks the questions, it's actually great. It's, it's actually not, very I'm good advice. Being... That's how this whole podcast <laughs> has been started because of that advice. Um, can I just say that whenever I think about that, I think of Ryan Gosling in the Notebook shaking Rachel McAdams and saying. What do you want? What do you want? One of the best parts. Of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't saying much. All the, hey, no, it's a great movie. All the okay. girls listening. I just All think of like Ryan Gosling in uh, Driver. Oh just, gosh, it was Drive, not Driver. Drive, sorry, in Drive. <laughs> Don't watch that movie. It has Don't. a great. Has a great. Listen to the soundtrack. <laughs> what? Real human. It's a good song. And a real hero. Okay. The whole, that's the whole movie. Don't watch it. I just spoiled it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're infringing upon people's time. I know. <laughs> Sorry, point. everybody. Um, but no, thank you all for listening. Oh, also, please um, keep the people of France in your prayers, um, especially yes. those who were killed or injured in the recent terrorist attacks. And just, you know, pray for the repose of their souls and... Um, just pray that. Pray for an end to all of this. I hate it. Yeah, and it's really, it's scary, and especially when it's kind of um, spreading into places we consider safe, you know, like mm-hmm. France. We kind of say, oh, that's another part of the world, but it's getting. Right. Um, so just pray for peace and for um, the conversion of hearts sort of on all right. sides that we can all be united in um, looking to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. So, so hope that everybody has a great week. Um, pray for us because we'll be praying for you. Oh, and email us. Mm-hmm. Our email is halfwaysaintspodcast at gmail.com. And also, if you have any prayer requests, send them our way. We'd love Please. to pray for you. Mm-hmm. Please do that. Um, and find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at halfway underscore saints. Mm-hmm. That's See it. See you guys. Have a great week. Have a great week. And we'll be back next week. Yep, don't worry. Bye, everyone. Bye.